Amen. I'm thankful for the young people here that will come up and take up offering. And it's a hard job to go around demand money from everybody. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of things we'll turn loose of. Money isn't one of them. Amen. Appreciate these young, these young men here today. Amen. Is there anybody who wants to hear the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. I've come to this pulpit with what I believe that the Lord would have me to preach this morning. Praise the Lord. God gets the glory. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn to the book of Genesis. It's the last book in your Bible. Sister Lisa, she's, she's laughing because she knows I'm joking. The word Genesis, it means the book of beginnings. So if God put it last in the Bible, that'd be like a joke on us, I guess. <laughs> Book of Genesis, uh, turn to the chap, turn to chapter 37, and we're going to start at verse 3, we'll read to verse 5, and then we're going to skip over to Genesis chapter 39, and we're going to read verse 21. Genesis 37, starting at verse 3, the Bible says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. When his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all of his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Genesis chapter 39, and... Um, Let's read verse 21. The Bible says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Let me read verse 21 again. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison of the prison. Everybody said amen. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning on what I felt the Lord lay on my heart uh, yesterday to bring to this pulpit. I want to talk to you about this. Don't despise the process. Don't despise the process. Amen. To lay a foundation for this message this morning, let me just give you the definition of the word process. The word process is a systematic series of actions directed to some particular end, or a continuous action, operation, or series of changes taking place in a definite manner. I want to focus on the first part of the uh, definition of the word process. It is a systematic or a system a series of actions, one after another, that is directed to reach a specific outcome. Amen. The company that I work for, I have worked there, I am in my 28th year right now. The, the company that I work for is a very prominent Fortune 250 company. And I don't say that to brag because the company I work for, Brother Joel, makes billions and billions of dollars. I don't. And so I am, I am not bragging 
that they are a Fortune 250 company. There's, there's a purpose behind me noting that. I say that because in order for our company to achieve the success that it has, in order for it to uh, attain the various industry certifications that it has, it demands that all of our main operations follow a certain set of processes, sometimes known uh, within the industry as best practices. What this does is it shows our customers that our quality and our service does not happen accidentally. Our quality and our service does not happen by chance. The company that I work for, we, we, we are in a lot of different industries, but one of our main industries is motion control fittings, 90 degree, 45 degree straights. Amen. Most of the semis you're going to see going down the road, uh, construction sites where there's Cabelco or there's Caterpillar or there's C&H, we have fittings. If you have a John Deere tractor at your house, chances are there's a Parker Hannafin fitting on that. Amen. We make the world go around. But here's the kicker. The kicker is we are the most expensive fitting on the market by leaps and bounds. We are the most expensive fitting. So, Brother Larry, in order for us to compete with knockoffs, I'm just going to say that because I'm competitive, uh, in order for us to compete with other companies, we have to make sure that our quality is the best, we have to make sure that we stand behind our product 110%, and we have to make sure that we can service our customer better than any of our competition. That's the reason that we're a Fortune 250 company. And so we have all of these things in place to show our customers that our quality is not by accident, our service is not by accident, but that we have a deliberate pre-planned process with which we can guarantee that from the very beginning of an operation, we know exactly what we need to do to accomplish and create a high-quality motion control steel, stainless steel brass fitting. Amen. That was a mouthful. But my, my, my point is, our customer knows that from the beginning to the end, we have a process. We have a series of things that are set in place with which to produce high quality. Amen. From the beginning, Brother Joel, we have a view of the end. Amen. Amen. Now, I've opened, I've opened this morning with a very familiar story in the Bible. I think most of us are familiar with Joseph. There's a Broadway play. Uh, Joseph in the, what's it called, the Technicolor Dreamcoat or something along those, uh, those lines. Um, we all have heard the Sunday school story, Joseph and the Coat of, of Many Colors. So this is uh, probably a familiar story uh, most of us have heard taught or preached about. And, and it usually always revolves around the faith of Joseph. Joseph went through some stuff. And typically when you hear this taught on or preached on, they talk about the faith of Joseph. And we can certainly focus on that, and, and we often do. And while we do often focus on the faith or the faithfulness uh, that Joseph had while traveling through life, um, it, it wasn't just uh, some random series of events. I want us to understand that when we read about Joseph, that it wasn't just Joseph stumbling through what seemed to be every major setback by chance. Amen. The things that Joseph went through, it, it was not accidental. It, it wasn't just things that Joseph happened to fall into. And we know that because we read in the second verse of the 39th chapter, 
We read this particular phrase. The Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. Amen. And we read it again in, in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the prison. And so we know that as we read through the story of Joseph, that all of the things that Joseph had, all the things that, that, in, that, in, uh, that he incurred, all of the things that happened to him, it wasn't just by accident, amen, but the Lord was with Joseph. Now that word, but, in the sentence, uh, grammatically, that marks an opposition or uh, contrast, but in a casual way. You see, as you read through the story of Joseph, Joseph found himself in circumstances beyond his control. Is there anybody here this morning, you've ever found yourself in a circumstance beyond your control? Amen. That was Joseph. Joseph found himself to be a man that was full of dreams. He was full of promises, and yet he found himself in places that did not make any sense. Now, the Bible doesn't call this out, but I'm sure because we are all human, I'm sure that there are times that Joseph must have looked around and he must have thought about the dreams that he had. And maybe Joseph began to think that maybe the dreams weren't his. Maybe the dreams that he had, maybe those dreams that God gave him were given to him by accident. Maybe those dreams belonged to somebody else. Because you see in Joseph's dreams, he said, there wasn't anything in my, my dreams that had anything to do with me being thrown into a pit. There wasn't anything in my dreams, Brother Joel, that had anything to do with me being sold into slavery. There wasn't any dream that I ever had about, about my, my blessing and favor being taken away because somebody lied on me. I, I don't recall ever having a dream where I was just left to rot somewhere in an Egyptian prison. Amen. He must have begun to question about the dreams and the promises that he had because of the circumstances that he had found him in, himself in. But the Bible says from the very beginning, and, and, and I don't mean this comically, but it's probably the way it's going to come out. From the very beginning, God put a big old butt right in the middle of Joseph's dilemma. And when I say that, I mean it like this. Joseph was thrown into a pit, but God was with him in the pit. Praise the Lord. Joseph was sold as a slave to the Ishmaelites, but God was with him in his slavery. Joseph was betrayed by Potiphar's wife and robbed of his favor, but God was with Joseph when everybody else was against him. You see, Joseph was a man that was full of dreams and promises. He was thrown into an Egyptian prison either to rot or to wait to be executed. But God was with him in the prison. And it was God that gave him favor where he should not have had any favor. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank God for favor this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what I'm trying to tell somebody this morning is that not one, not even one of Joseph's so-called setbacks were due to consequence. Not one of his setbacks was due to happenstance. Not one setback was coincidence. 
Amen. But from a young man's dream to the throne of Egypt, I've come to tell you that God was orchestrating a process in Joseph's life that was going to make Joseph the man of God that he wanted him to be. It was a process that God was orchestrating in which God would use Joseph to be the savior of his family in the middle of Egypt. I've come to tell somebody today, don't despise the process. We know that Joseph was blessed, but Joseph wasn't blessed because Joseph was good. Joseph was blessed because I can't find one time in the Scripture where Joseph began to elevate his own will over God's process in his life. Amen. I believe that God would have somebody to know this morning, hallelujah, that whatever you're dealing with right now, it is not to your ruin, praise God. Whatever you may find yourself going through right now, I've come to tell somebody this morning, it is not the end of your story, amen. It is all a part of the the process. Hey man, you may look at your circumstance or your life right now and you say, Pastor, all I have right now is ashes. Can I tell you, hold on because the beauty is coming. All you may have right now is the weeping, but if you'll hold on to God, the process says that it's joy. It's joy that's coming in the morning. I know that hell has brought a lot to curse you. It has brought a lot to curse your family. It's come against you. You've gone some th- through some things in this past year that you didn't know that you were going to go through, but I've come to tell you this morning, just hold on. Put your hand in His hand. Because somewhere in the process, God is going to take that thing which the enemy went to curse you with and He's going to turn it in to a blessing. Do you believe the Lord this morning? Because it's all a part of the process. It's all a part of the process. That was a young man by the name of Joseph. Let me talk to you about another man in the Bible. Another man that I'm sure you're familiar with. Most church historians believe that David was anointed by Samuel to be king over Israel somewhere around the age of 15. The age of 15, Samuel poured a bottle of oil over David's head and he said, by the word of the Lord, you're going to be king over Israel. That happened around age 15. David began to rule when the tribe of Judah asked him to reign over them when he was 30 years old. After about seven and a half years, the remaining tribes of Israel acknowledged him as the sole king. Conservatively, therefore, the period between the time when he was anointed and the time that he actually began to officially rule was some 15 years. You see, the anointing of the prophet Samuel was only the beginning of the process. God help us this morning. If we ever preach that Acts 2.38 is the end all. 
God help us today if we ever preach that repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, if we ever preach that that is the end of the message. I've come to tell somebody and remind us this morning that that's when the anointing of God comes on your life. Just like David, it's the beginning of the process. Brothers and sisters, Acts 2.38 will get you through the gates. Hallelujah. But the sanctification, the power of holiness, of the Holy Ghost working on your heart and perfecting you, that is what will see you through to the very end. But see, in order for David... To be called the greatest king in the history of Israel. In order for the word of God to declare him as a man after God's own heart. You see, God had to take David into some dire places. God had to take David through the highest of highs. And he had to take David through the lowest of lows. God knew exactly. Listen. He knew exactly what he had to give to David to bless him. And he knew exactly what he had to take away from David to shape him. I want you to understand this morning that whatever valley maybe you're traveling through, whatever trial, whatever questions you have that aren't being answered, all of those things are not meant to destroy you. It is the process by which God is shaping you. Let me tell somebody this morning that change happens because change is part of the process. Now I know I could probably speak for most people under the sound of my voice right now that change isn't particularly something that we're fond of. As human beings... We are creatures of habit. We are creatures of routine. When we get into those routines, we get comfortable. We find security in those routines. And when those routines are interrupted, when we're asked to step out of the place that we find comfort, it's not comfort. It's uncomfortable. And so we don't like it. And so as a general rule, most people are somewhat resistant to change. But God knows how to move in our lives to sometimes force us out of the nest, Sister Wilma. God knows how to move in our lives to sometimes force us into uncomfortable situations that we don't particularly like. We're not exactly thankful for it, but God says, if you'll just stay faithful, this is part of the process that I'm working for you. But see, I can't get you, I can't mold you and shape you into what I want you to be if I can't get you to step out by faith. And brothers and sisters, that's really what it is. When you step out of your comfort zone, you're stepping out of your own personal security. You're stepping out of the place where you're comfortable. And you're stepping out and saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not comfortable with this. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I believe that you do. Now, Lord, take the wheel. That's really what that's all about. And so change is just part of the process. And I know that this church has been through a lot of changes. 
since the end of, of last November. And Sister Puckett and I can tell you this morning, we're very much aware and sensitive to how difficult these changes can be and how they affect a church. But we came to this church because we felt God had a work for us to do here. And since we've taken this church, I have done my best not to uh, get ahead of God. I didn't want to step out and, and try to get ahead. I've, I've tried very hard, Sister Lisa, to not kick any doors open that weren't being opened. Amen. But I've tried very hard to follow the direction of the Lord. Amen. And, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes that direction has made perfect sense to me, and sometimes that direction has left me completely clueless. But I've come to understand that it is all part of God's process. This past year, I've, I've shared with you many times from the pulpit, this, this past year <clears throat> has been the most difficult spiritual year that I have ever gone through uh, in all the years I've been living for God. I have never endured the spiritual attacks that I have taken on in this past year. Uh, I know where they were coming from. I know who was orchestrating them. As a matter of fact, I, I received a random phone call uh, a couple of months into this. Before, honestly, it was even before it intensified, but I, I was already in the midst of these trials that was going on. I got a random phone call from an elder in the church, a person that I know has a very, very deep life of prayer, a person that has been used mightily of God in, in, in many ways, and, and this Sister calls me on the phone just, just randomly, and she tells me that, uh, in essence, that she has a word from the Lord for me. And I, I know this person well. When this person says they have a word from the Lord, I'm all ears, because they do. And this person says that they woke up one morning and they had a scripture on their heart, and they were deeply burdened with that scripture. And they begin to pray and say, God, what does this scripture mean? I, I, I don't know what you want me to do with this. And, and she said as she began to pray, she said that God laid me very, very heavily on her heart and said, this, this is the word that you, you need to give to Brother Puckett. And so she called me on the phone. And that word, I don't know the scripture word for word, but that particular scripture was when Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Peter... Or he says, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. And she said, Brother Puckett, if it hasn't already started, she said, I believe that you're about to go through some seriously intense battles. She said, I believe that there's a process that's getting ready to happen. She said, but when God brings you through it, when you're converted, she said, then you're going to be ready for the ministry. That This is what she told me. You're going to be ready for the ministry that God has for you. Now, I thought I was all ready for it, but obviously the Lord knew better. I went through some serious battles, and there's some I'm still fighting, but I come to understand this is all part of the process. Amen. This is all part of the process. 
Maybe you're fighting some spiritual battles. Maybe there's some things you've been struggling with. Maybe there's some questions. Maybe there's some things you've been praying and you're not getting any answers. Can I tell somebody? Maybe it's just part of the process that God is taking you through. Maybe God's preparing you for something greater. I always believe that God has something greater for us in our lives, amen, than what we can see with our physical eyes. But we got to be willing. That's the key, brothers and sisters. We have to be willing to go through the process. You see, if a potter takes a lump of clay and he puts that clay upon the wheel and that clay does not have any pliability, then it doesn't matter how much that potter tries to mold the clay. The clay will just... Uh, consistently fall to pieces. It'll just crumble because there's no pliability. The potter is unable to work with clay that refuses to be shaped. And that's what God is doing with each of us. Every single day, hallelujah, God wants to have a hand in our life. Every single day, Brother Larry, God's wanting to shape our heart. He's wanting to shape our thoughts. He's, he's wanting to mold our destinies. Hallelujah. He's wanting to use us in various ways. That's why it's so important to pray every day and get the heart of God and surrender ourselves. and Just allow ourselves to be clay on the potter's wheel and for God to begin to shape us. Amen. Because even if you've ever watched a master potter with a potter's wheel, there's a whole process. Have you ever watched... A potter on a potter's wheel, and they go from, from just a big ball of clay. And when they start molding it, you're like, I have no idea what that is. Like it doesn't, they're molding it, but you're, you can't even, like I don't even know what that looks like. And then minutes later, there's a bowl. It didn't start out looking like a bowl. It didn't even have the shape of a bowl. But there was a certain process that the potter had to move his hands because he knew if he pushed the clay too far this way that it would fall off. He knew that if he dug in too hard at this moment that the clay would resist. So there was a whole process by which he had to go. And we didn't see it. We couldn't comprehend it. We couldn't figure out exactly what he was doing until the finished product. Am I, am I getting to somebody here this morning? God is trying to talk to us. Don't despise the process, amen, but let the potter work in your life. Let the potter, I say this morning, mold you into what he wants you to be. The Lord spoke into my heart a long time ago. He said that there's a lot of people that get stuck. There's a lot of people that stop growing in God because change leads to growth and growth is part of the process. He said there's many times that those that get stuck for a long period of time, they begin to despise the process. He said those that get stuck, he said those will often backslide out of the church because they resist the process that is intended to bless them. We open up this morning talking about Joseph. Joseph started out as an arrogant young man that was full of dreams of grandeur. But we find that it was the process that forged him into the Savior 
of Israel. You see, Brother Joel, God couldn't have taken Joseph as that young man that was just full of dreams. He couldn't, take, he couldn't have taken him from his father's house and just put him on the throne of Egypt. He wasn't mature enough. He wasn't responsible enough. But God had to take him through a pit. And God was with him in the pit. God had to have him sold into slavery. But God was with him in slavery. God was with him when people lied on him and he lost his favor. God had to have him thrown into an Egyptian prison, but God was with him in the prison. Joseph had to go through all of these things to get from his father's fields to the throne of Egypt. It was just a part of the process. But can I comfort somebody this morning and tell you that no matter where you have found yourself in the process, just like Joseph, that God is with you. That the hand of God is upon you. That you're not walking alone or by yourself, but God is with you in the valley. God is with you in the dry spell. God is with you in the silence. And God will be with you until He finishes the process. Let's clap our hands to God again and thank Him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And then there was David. An insignificant nobody. Say, Pastor, why do you say that? Because David wasn't even significant in his father's eyes. The Lord told the prophet Samuel, he said, go to Jesse's house. I'm going to pick my king out of Jesse's sons. And so Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he says, one of your sons, he said, let me see your sons. Bring your sons before me. And the Bible says that Jesse brings out his boys and he begins, to, he begins to parade his boys before Samuel. And each boy that comes out, the Lord says, he's not the one. And he's not the one. And he's not the one. And finally, Samuel, a little bit confused, he looks at Jesse and he says, are these all of the sons that you have? And Jesse says, well, well, there is that one. Right, the David kid, the little ruddy guy out in the field that watches the sheep. Yeah, yeah, I do have one more. He was so insignificant that his father wasn't even going to bring him before Samuel because in his father's mind, David couldn't be anything. <laughs> so here's this young man who is deemed and destined to be nothing more in life than a shepherd. By those around him. But can I tell you this morning that it was the process that created a man in whom God would bless Israel for generations after him. Repeatedly saying throughout the Bible, I do this for my servant David's sake. Can I tell somebody this morning, none of what I have preached this morning, none of it happens if Joseph gives up in the pit. None of this happens if Joseph quits on God in the prison cell. None of this happens if David gives up his anointing while he's being chased all over the land, being hunted like a dog by King Saul. None of this happens 
if David quits and says, well, I guess they were right. I guess I was never meant to be anything more than a shepherd. None of this happens. None of it. If these two men of God give up their destiny by despising the process. I'm almost done this morning. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 11, the Lord speaks to that weeping prophet. And he says this. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, and I know the end that I have for you, but you've got to be willing to see me and trust me through the process. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Brother Joel, from the time that you were born to the end, God knew what He wanted to do in your life. God knew where you were going to be right now. God knows your circumstance right now. He says, but I've got a process for you. Sister Joyce, he has a process for you. I know where I want to take you if you're willing to let me take you there. If you're willing to not despise the process and just trust me when nothing makes any sense. Because I'll tell you this morning, every one of us are going to be there. If you haven't been, you will be. And I'm not trying to bum you out this morning. But if you are trying to live for God the best you can, I promise you, you're going to find yourself in circumstances and situations that aren't going to make any sense to you. You're going to question and you're not going to get answers. You're going to pray and you're not going to get answers. And it's in those moments that you've just got to trust that God is with you and trust that God has a process for your life. Oh, I pray that I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I pray that the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody right now. I pray that the Holy Ghost is building your faith. I pray that the Holy Ghost is opening your understanding right now. Amen. We may not understand it, oh God, but we trust the process. Closing. So maybe... Maybe you're sitting here this morning. Maybe you have identified with some of the things that I have preached here today. Maybe you're sitting here today. You say, Pastor, my life is moving in directions that doesn't make any sense to me. I got, I got some hell going on in my family that, that doesn't make any sense to me. There's things going on that, that just doesn't add up. I, I've got things going on in my career, in my workplace. They just don't make any sense to me. I, I just can't make hide nor hair of what's going on in my life right now. Or maybe, maybe life is taking you into places and it's demanding, demanding that you make changes that you're not comfortable making. That you make changes that you really don't want to make. Maybe like Joseph this morning, maybe you feel like you found yourself in a pit, 
Or maybe you feel like you're in a prison and you're not getting out. Maybe you're facing situations that you never saw coming and you're wondering if God is even listening when you pray. But I've come this morning for you and to give you a word from the Lord to tell you this. But God. But God is with you. We can look at the example of Joseph and David this morning. These two men held on to God when they didn't understand anything going on in their lives. And the Lord was with them. Can I tell somebody this morning? Hell wants you to believe that you are defeated simply because you don't understand. That's not true. Let me say that again. Hell wants you to believe that you're defeated simply because you can't comprehend your circumstance. I've come to tell you from the Lord this morning that is not true. I've come to tell somebody here today that it is God himself that directs the process. So I close with this simple statement. Don't despise the process. Don't despise the process. Let's stand here this morning. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. I thank you, Lord. Amen. I wonder this morning if somebody would just be willing to put their hand in the hand of the Lord. Oh, would you just be willing to turn some things over to God right now? In the name of Jesus this morning, those questions that you have, those things that you don't understand, amen, right now by faith, would you commit them unto God right now? Lord Jesus, I have found myself in unfamiliar territory. God, I'm going through some things that I didn't even know I would ever go through. God, there's things that have just come out of left field. I, I didn't see it coming. God, no matter how hard I try, I, I can't comprehend it, Lord. I, I don't have any vision, God, for the days ahead. But Lord, I've heard your word this morning. I know, God, that your hand is upon my life. Lord, that I'm sitting in this church this morning because the hand of God is upon my life. Lord, I, I commit all of these questions and my circumstance to you this morning. I don't understand it, God, but I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to hold on to your hand. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on you, Lord, to lead me. God, I believe you. Somebody make the declaration this morning. God, I believe you, Lord. I believe you this morning, God, that you have an expected end. I believe, God, that there's a process. I believe, Lord, that you love me, God, and that there is a process that you're taking me through. God, to make me, Lord, who you want to be. <laughs> I know, God, that you have thoughts towards me, not of evil, but of good. Oh, Lord, I believe you today. God, I commit these things that I don't understand. I commit these questions, Lord Jesus, unto you. Oh, help us, God, I pray this morning, 
to trust the process. I pray this morning that somebody would be strengthened by this word. In the Holy Ghost, I pray this morning that somebody's faith would be strengthened. God, I pray, don't let them leave here the way they came. Oh, but help us, God, I pray this morning to trust you and to trust the process. Oh, God, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your promises. I thank you for your word. I trust in you today. Father, I pray this morning, strengthen this church. Strengthen those right now, God, I pray, that are dealing with unknown circumstances and uncertainty. Strengthen them, God, by the Holy Ghost. Speak to their hearts, Lord Jesus, I pray this morning. In the name of Jesus, almighty God, unto your glory. Unto your glory, Lord, I pray this morning. I thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God, is my prayer this morning, is my prayer this morning that God has spoke to your heart. It is my prayer this morning that you leave here with greater faith and knowing, not, not, not in that you're going to know what's coming, not in that you're going to know what is around the corner, but that you'll know, come on, somebody receive this. Receive this in the name of the Lord Jesus. You'll know that wherever you find yourself right now, that God is with you. That the hand of God is upon you. Whether it's in the pit or in the prison, be comforted in the name of Jesus this morning by knowing that God is is with you in the process. God bless you abundantly. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you today. May the joy of the Lord be your strength today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you are dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you. I love you all. Amen.